This is the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast. This podcast provides tips, tools, and inspiring stories for creating clarity around your calling, opening your heart to infinite possibilities, and enabling you to have the greatest impact on the world. I'm Julian Crossenhill, a certified spiritual life coach, meditation teacher, human design specialist, and founder of Pre-Survenana. And most recently, I've joined the faculty at Starseed Academy Coach Training. It's my mission to teach and guide others in living a spiritually aligned life that answers their unique calling. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm really pleased to talk, be talking with a very special guest, Sylvie Parrick. Sylvie is from a small town in Germany and has lived in Los Angeles, California since 1996. Her desire to offer assistance in difficult life circumstances is a result of her own struggles and revelations over the course of her life. A near-death experience in 2013 unraveled her previously held perception of the world and her place in it. She learned to discover the difference between an egocentric and superficial way of living and a spiritually grounded, compassionate, and empathetic way of being in the world. Breast cancer in 2016 further deepened her search and discovery of the purpose and gift of life and her own place in it. Sylvie holds a master's degree in psychology with a focus on the spiritual mind-body connection from Columbia University, New York City, and is a certified spiritual life coach through the Life Purpose Institute in San Diego, California. And Sylvie has a quote here from Wayne Dwyer, the greatest joy comes from giving and serving. So replace your habit of focusing exclusively on yourself and what's in it for you. When you make the shift to supporting others in your life without expecting anything in return, You'll think less about what you want and find comfort and joy in the act of giving and serving. It's a beautiful quote. Hi, Sylvie. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, Julian. Thanks so much for extending this offer to me. I feel very honored to be part of your podcast. Thank you. So, you know, we like to talk about how people discover and sort of answer their their unique calling, their spiritual purpose on the show. And so you've taken kind of a long route and I know there was, we'll talk about it later, but you know, you mentioned a near death experience. There was a movie that you made a a film that you made and and now you're doing uh, life coaching. So, you know, um, tell us a little bit about how you kind of got to this place where you're, where you started taking on spiritual life coaching clients. Yeah. Um, So I think, like you said, it it was a long winded road. And I think it truly sometimes I think it depends on how we come into this world, how far we have already understood awareness and gained awareness in either prior lifetimes or what our basic understanding is. And I think for me growing up, I was completely unaware um, I was, I lived a very entitled, um, egocentric um, lifestyle that was not about what can I offer, how can I be of service, but rather how can I get more? And that was enabled at home in romantic relationships in my career to the point that it became so much of an ego identity that I didn't know that there even was a different way of being I sometimes think deep down everybody 
potentially knows what is right or wrong, but may just not have any understanding how to even get to what is right. And so that near-death experience, it was a culmination of panic and anxiety around a situation where I felt that hard-built ego attacked. And it uh, culminated in a panic attack on a freeway going 90 miles an hour. And I went into this space of, again, it's hard to explain in words, um, of just pure peace and light and calm and safety. And I think as I awoke out of it, um, you know, with the paramedics there and nothing had, had happened to me physically, but from that moment on, everything started to unravel. Um, and it was not an easy unraveling. It was a <clears throat> it was a time of intense guilt, of shame, of how I had been, and it um, it ended in a realization, which maybe some of you um, know the book or the short story of Leo Tolstoy, um, with the main character Ivan in the death of Ivan Illich. What if my whole life had been wrong? That is a question that he found himself um, with on his deathbed, and then he died. And for me, after all this um, unraveling of how I had lived my life and how inauthentic it had been, I found myself also at that crossroads. And there was a time I actually did contemplate um, no longer remaining in this physical body. Um, but my mom was there. Um, she had flown in from Germany and she um, asked me if I knew that God gave me this life as a gift. And so I was willing to entertain the thought of it, but it took years of um, not just therapy, but reading, intentionally deciding that I wanted to find a way out and consulting with spiritual teachers, spiritual literature, God, nature the universe, um, to then, which to me was such a blessing. And I know it sounds probably um, weird to many people, but the diagnosis of breast cancer for me was not only a gift um, of understanding that life is really the biggest gift in itself, the ability to physically be alive, but it was my gift to finally be strong, to finally no longer be entitled, but say, you know what, this, this was my challenge. Nobody could help me beat it. I had to do it. Um, and so the gift for another opportunity at like life 2.0, to live authentically and to live in reverence of life, to live gently to live sincerely um i think now um you know breast cancer was in 2016 now six years into it i think that has recently really just more recently helped me arrive at uh, what lao tzu calls one of the four virtues i think the last the, the last one is to be of service to others, because how can you not, right? Because we we have received a gift, just like in 
normal life, if someone hands you a gift you and you really love that person, you say thank you and you want to give a gift back. And so being of service to me now is the only way to move forward. And the realization of that really was so freeing and so liberating to, to be allowed to become a vessel for source, for spirit, for God's love in how I interact with anyone, really. Yeah, that's, that's so beautiful. You know, I, I always say that that's really what answering your unique calling is about is, is finding your life purpose, finding that, that area where all of your talents and your strengths kind of come together and then like taking that into service and being of service. And so I just really love that you included that as, as a big part of, of your process. So, um, you know, you made a film, right, for, for I think, YouTube, and, or at least it's still available on YouTube. And so tell us a little bit about, about the film that you made and, and what kind of triggered that happening. Yeah, so the, it, it was actually, it became my thesis project for my, the, the degree that you mentioned earlier for, the, for Columbia, the spirituality, mind, body um, degree I did. Um, it came about, so I was diagnosed um, with breast cancer in November of 2016, and I felt immediately um, this incredible peace and this, um, this, this desire to really take this on. And everything, um, you know, with the appointments, with the, with the different medications at the time I was then supposed to take and was taking, um, was very standard and I, you know, I felt very at peace with what was, what was going on. Um, and then there was, I want to say it was, was probably in March or April of 2017, where just right before I started chemotherapy, um, there was, you have to go through different um, tests to see if your certain levels are high enough to now take chemotherapy. And one of my liver values was incredibly um, high and my oncologist was on vacation. So just a nurse was there and she did not know how to explain the high liver value that I, that I pointed out, but she, and she also became rather fearful about it um, to the point where she suggested an ultrasound now of my liver. And to me, in my limited knowledge of oncology at the time, ultrasound meant tumor detection. So my brain went into overdrive and I thought it was no longer just stage two um, cancer, but stage four. And so to wait for the ultrasound um, and the result would take around five days. And the next morning I found myself sitting at the ocean down by the sand. And that's how the movies, the, the short film starts. It's because I was overwhelmed with an incredible question. What if I could never touch sand again? What if I could never touch water again? What if I could never smell the sun, my, touch my skin? It was this incredible feeling of, did I do it enough? Did I 
do the things I could be doing enough? Do I ever, did I ever even appreciate touching grass and what that feels like? And so I suddenly had this desire to communicate the importance of living life and appreciating every little thing. And so at first it wanted to become a short film about surfaces, about everything that you could potentially tangibly experience on the palm of your hand. And so I, I sat with the idea um, and I had that time then I, I, that summer I flew to Germany and I had written something in the plane that later became the narration for the film. Um, and then one morning um, in after I, after I had returned that summer from Germany, I think it was in August, I knew I needed to tell my story and I, you know, I'm not, not having anybody from Hollywood at my fingertips, of course. And I still don't. It's a joke. I put an ad on Craigslist and I said, I need a spiritual cameraman. And next day I had 40 responses. I met with the one that seemed um, energetically to be in alignment. And four days later, with the help of friends, you know, the universe shows up when something needs to take place. So it really... Um, came together in very in an unexpected, beautiful way. And it was literally for me, my attempt to say um, what I felt I wanted people to understand about life. And it almost was like, if that's all I could do, and then I would no longer be here, that would have been enough. And I felt very at peace with it afterwards. It's called Beyond Physicality, You Are Whole. Because to me, at that point, I already had had that insight and that feeling of once you no longer define yourself or look at how others define you by your race, by your gender, by your weight, by your intellect, by anything physical, if you can see beyond that place, and be in that place of pure love. That's where you are whole. You don't need any external circumstance to confirm that wholeness. Wow, what a beautiful message. That's, yeah, that's amazing, Sylvie. You know, you mentioned earlier that before all of these experiences with your with your health and with the, the near-death experience, how you were so living for ego and, you know, sort of taking life for granted in a lot of ways. And, you know, now you've really stepped into this place of service and answering your unique calling. And I find, you know, when I, when I work with clients and we talk about this process, there's so much fear and doubt around how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to support myself? How you like, you know, and just staying rooted in that like mindset that, you know, love and acceptance and all and peace and all of these things that, that, you know, we lean on when we answer our unique calling. And there's so much like that pulls people away from that. And so I'm curious, like, do you, do you find yourself being pulled out? And when you do, what do you do to, to kind of come back to that place? 
I think we as humans, if we if we didn't get pulled out sometimes, um, it would be weird, right? So I think for me, um, experientially, I knew that two years ago, I wouldn't have been ready to do, to offer what I'm offering now, because a lot of it still existed in theory. And I wasn't in the sense aligned with what it would need to, what I would need to do in terms of even surrendering to the universe in order to do it full time. Mm-hmm. Because I would potentially come then with expectations to life about what this offering even should entail and how I should get paid for it. I would basically have given it, I would have, I would have had an expected outcome. It wouldn't have just been the, the doing that was satisfactory, but I would have needed, or oh, if I do this, this, and this, okay, then I'll do it. But I think now what, um, and maybe it is a step-by-step process to step away from the, the financial career that we all you know, have, the corporate career or the you know, a, a non-spiritual career, if you will, um, and to gradually see how much in alignment we can be with being in full acceptance of if nothing comes in return in the immediate, to stay with it, to go with it, to not be attached to outcome, but only to pour ourselves into giving, into the doing, and from that derive the sense of fulfillment that often a corporate job wouldn't even come close to um, giving us. And, um, you know, sometimes it might be um, what I'm currently doing because I am still working full time, but I have removed to the, to a very large extent, my ego from what I try to do when I'm in meetings with people. I try to be of service to everyone that I work with at work. Um, And not so much as I'll do everything you tell me, but rather how can I diffuse this uh, argument in this meeting? How can I shine light on maybe what somebody's too afraid to say? How can I maybe not raise my voice in in irritation, um, even if my ego side would want to. So those are things I think we all can um, get our toe wet with in trying to practice these, um, the virtues, the, the virtues of Lao Tzu in our normal corporate careers to be in reverence of life, to be sincere, to be gentle with life and with others. And from that, I think naturally then comes an understanding energetically of the others as to who we are and why they might um, consult us. And so very slowly, ever so slowly, we then realize that we're capable. And then we I think the financial element of it, sure, um, it's it's important. I'm used to a certain salary, 
And I know I couldn't um, the first week of only doing spiritual consulting or spiritual coach, I couldn't make that, but then there might need to be an understanding within me that what I will get from it though is much more valuable than financial means. And so that's where I am currently at to, to feel out what that would look like. Yeah. So I, I just want to kind of like highlight a couple of things you said there, because I just think they're really powerful. And I want to kind of call them out for, um, for the listeners. You know, first of all, there was that not being attached to the outcome, you know, um, you just do it out of this sense of love and of service. And of course, when you put that energy into the universe, you're being and vibrating at a different level and the universe responds back. And of course, money is just energy as well. So that energy you know, will eventually flow. But I really loved what you talked about. You know, I think when people are starting to make that transition and part-time they're doing this spiritual work and part-time they're still working their corporate job, they're almost two different people. And what you're really saying is you've got to be the same person, even in that corporate job that you're being in your spiritual business. And I just think that's really like, really amazing that you called that out because that's just a beautiful way to view it. And I don't think that's something that occurs to people. Um, and it's harder to make that transition when you're still getting wrapped up in the ego and the office politics and, and everything else in your day job. And then you're coming out in the evening to be, you know, your spiritual, do your spiritual work. And it, you know, it cre creates a, a place where, you know, Minerva, um, my mentor Minerva Maharaj just recently did a thing where she's talking about consistency. And if you're not, manifesting consistency consistently it's because you're not consistently being in that vibration and you know I just think that you really highlighted that there so you know thank you for that um so you're doing spiritual coaching now Sylvie and I'm curious like who who are the people that you help who would who would want to work with you or what kinds of issues would someone have that you would be able to help them with yeah so um I'm, I guess there are two, two primary um, groups at this point. I think it was, um, it started with, you know, friends who, as part of the, the coaching class, uh, the course that we took, had started taking, um, where I was practicing with them um, two years ago, who then, you know, saw value in it and also shared it with some of their co-workers particularly around, um, you know, how to deal with stress in terms of how do you stop overthinking? Who is this source? How do we even find it? What, what is my place in, in finding it? Is there a book? Is there a list of things I can just do? Um, you know, it's, so it started with, with work-related um, stressors that, um, they wanted to get more insight on. And then there's, of course, um, people that I have been in touch with through previous um, support groups that I was in for, for breast cancer, um, where we have now started, um, you know, dialogues around um, both in groups, but also in one-on-ones in -on around, you know, how how can an illness how can suffering um 
be viewed as a gift. Of course, there needs to be a lot of, you know, space initially after first, you know, you receive the shock, you, you deal with the, the immediate um, elements of what that entails. And then once I think certain things are more settled, you can take a look at what is, what is there a message here? What might that message be? How, how does this situation fit into the overall narrative of my entire life? And have I maybe not seen things in the past that this is now just a culmination of. So I'm trying to really look at the whole life story and all the elements that may have happened up until now. What were those highs? What were those lows? What were the perceived highs? What were the perceived lows? Because oftentimes we see, we, we label something a low or something negative. But then when, when you really look at it, with someone who can help facilitate the looking at, you understand that those lows were actually catalysts. They're, those were the greatest gifts. And that changes then a little bit the mindset around, oh my gosh, why did life just do this to me? But rather, how can this be now an opportunity for something? So that's kind of the those two groups of, of of coaching yeah yeah so it sounds like it's it's a lot about like changing that sort of like victimization like life is yes. dumping on me mindset to you know I'm still here and I get to do all this great stuff and this is an opportunity for me to to re-examine my life a little bit and sort of really see what's important yes if someone else listening is in this process of re-examining their life and saying, I want to be of service in some way, but they just don't really like know how to be of service. They haven't really found their thing. What would you tell someone like that? I think it's what, um, what you, uh, what we both um, spoke about just uh, a few moments ago with, if you want to be of service first, I think, are you, are you, because I wasn't a year ago, are you able right now to embody what that feeling feels like? Because knowing in theory what being of service means is one thing, but it's, it's not until you fully understand vibrationally, energetically from, from your heart, what that would feel like um, that you can then be successful at doing it. Of course you can, I'm not saying um, you, you can't be successful in just saying, you know, for today, I want to just, I want to be a good person today. That is already the, a very basic first step um, at wanting to be of service. Um, but I think if, so what I do in the morning, um nowadays when I wake up because you know with all that's going on in the world to to first establish when I wake up maybe if I've had a dream maybe I've had maybe I know oh, the next meeting is in half an hour to take a moment and to vibrationally realign myself with what it is that I want to feel like 
But that I needed to establish first, what is that that I want to feel like? And then to establish a discipline around vibrationally starting your day in that mindset. That in itself, um, I think, isn't just something um, that just happens. You have to work at it. Being of service requires work on yourself, too. Um, and then as you go about your day, even as you're at work and you're in your current work still, continue to embody that. And if you find yourself throughout the day, because that happens um, quite often, um, that you're being pulled away from that because maybe you read something on the news or somebody says something at work or you witness something that is um, making you react in ways that um, are not in alignment. Of course, react, of course, say what you what what needs to come out but then make a conscious choice to realign yourself so that you don't lose the the mere thing that you're wanting to be of service with which is your energy and your love and your peace so i think everyone everybody can practice that um and from that I really truly believe will come more and more the understanding as to how specifically can I then apply that now in, in a service. Maybe it's the way you are already being a mother. Maybe you fine tune that. You find different ways of improving on that. Maybe you're a teacher and you become, you just become this, 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 teacher that is not just of service with you know lesson plans but with being that mentor to somebody um, I think in every job you can find um, that other element to it that depth that empathy and compassion element of it um, and then once you're ready to fully take on a new um, service uh, offering then then I think you've you have used your current work or your current situation as a playground, as a practice ground. And then the other thing is just, I think, a natural evolution. And we should trust the process. We should trust life to guide us to what that might be. Yeah, that's amazing, Sylvia. I don't think I've ever, you know, of all the people that have been on the show and all the people I've talked to, I think you're the first person to sort of say, you know, practice answering your calling and showing up in the right mindset and in the right vibration at your job that you have now. What else would you like to say to our listeners? Um, I think, and I didn't even, I didn't think of that even for myself prior to saying it now a few times, cultivate discernment, cultivate what it is that you want your alignment to be like, and then cultivate ways that you remind yourself of that and get back in alignment with that. I think that's a wonderful way for me that I now have started my day with and do check-ins with myself throughout the day. Don't be uh, afraid of not knowing a purpose, not knowing what your service 
offering should be or that you need one and you don't have one and only um, enjoy the opportunity to see what life will bring to you as you practice this alignment with what you for yourself really want to feel like and embody. Thank you. That's a beautiful message. So Sylvie, um, for, for the listeners that want to get in touch with you or possibly work with you, how can they find you? They can find me on my newly created Instagram. <laughs> um, it's just beyond physicality or um, beyondphysicality.com. That's my website. Great. Thank you so much for being here today. I've really enjoyed, enjoyed catching up and talking to you. Thanks so much, Julian. Yeah. It was an honor to be with you in this half hour. Are you a soulpreneur? You've answered your unique calling by starting a spirituality-based business. Maybe now you find yourself overwhelmed. There's so much to do for your business and so many things you've never done before that you need to learn how to do. With an ever-growing to-do list, you may feel like you'll never get everything done. Decisions become complicated and you may feel like you need to work all the time. Even worse, our old friend imposter syndrome hooks his head up, you struggle with your pricing, and every business coach on the planet wants to sell you a marketing system. I've been there. It's why I've created my Soulpreneur Energetic Success Program. This coaching program helps you use your human design storytelling, ritual, and transformational coaching to build your soulpreneur business. Discover how to make the best decisions for you, how to find the most aligned action to take, overcome imposter syndrome, confidently charge what your services are worth, and move forward with ease and grace. Visit my website, www.priestofanana.com to schedule a free intro call.